Welcome to the No More Late Feast podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle, and we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees rewatching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 2001 movie, A Knight's Tale, with our guest, Johnny. Welcome, Johnny. Hey, guys. (laughs) Thank you all so much. Excited. (laughs) If you missed our earlier episode, our trailer episode, where we introduced Johnny because he is Jackie's younger brother, pause and go check out that episode to get to know him a little bit better. And uh, you'll enjoy it. It's some fun, fun little stories there that we told. But before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. If you love the podcast and you want to support us, here's a few ways you can. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us to get more listeners? If you want to be featured and help us grow, head to Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, Good Pods, or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to make sure that you can keep up with new episodes. If you like what you hear and you want exclusive content, stickers, lives, and access to our Burn Ought Spotify playlists, head on over to patreon.com slash no more late fees and become a Patreon bestie. Uh, we love our Patreon besties. We do. Johnny's a Patreon bestie. I'm one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> we love and appreciate your support. We right. do. I felt like I was about to... everybody. You're very well. <laughs> I felt like I was giving a PBS commercial there for a second. Let's get into the movie. So, A Knight's Tale is about a peasant-born William Thatcher who begins a quest to change his stars, win the heart of an exceedingly fair maiden, and rock his medieval world. With the help of friends, he faces the ultimate test of medieval gallantry, tournament jousting, and tries to discover if he has the medal to become a legend. It stars Heath Ledger, Mark Addy, Shannon Sossman, Rufus Sewell, Paul Bettany, and Alan Tudyk, who I love very, very much. It's written and directed by Brian Hazelin, and it's based on The Knight's Tale by Jeffrey Chaucer. You can currently find it on Netflix, but before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Ah, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Medieval trashy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So, Johnny, what is your Y2K rating? I think, honestly, back in the day, I mean, that's when I was, you know, going to the Renaissance Festival. And, you know, this is this movie spoke to me as, as a growing, growing guy. So I would buy it, would buy it again, for sure. I love this movie. Yeah. So for me, I remember this being a Conley family movie. I feel like we watched it a lot. I definitely owned it. I told my Spider-Man trailer story on the Spider-Man episode, (laughs) how we got it as a pre-release and it had the Spider-Man trailer and it was recalled due to 9-11. It's a would buy it, would buy it again for me. 
Danielle, I don't want you guys to be mad at me. I'm about to hang up right now. (laughs) (laughs) I never saw this movie. Danielle, I just said okay. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, but it means that it's not going to be one of our 2022. No, it's fine. Okay, I think it's fine. I get so nervous, you know. But no, never... be, because I have some some opinions. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I I was surprised because I thought I saw this movie, but I didn't. <laughs> I don't know if I just saw clips of it in passing. I probably saw it on while I was at your house, but I. I, I was watching the movie. And I was like, "What's happening next?" Because <laughs> like, didn't know. And this was not, brand new to you. Brand brand new. Not like normal, where it's like I kind of remember, but not really. Were yeah. you into it? It was, you know. We'll 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 get into <laughs> okay. it. I didn't have any bad feelings. Like, anyways, so Danielle, tell us about the box office. So this movie had a budget of $65 million and it made $117.5 million worldwide. One of the funny things about this movie, it got really good reviews from like our boy Lil Raj, but something weird happened with this movie. Newsweek revealed in June of 2001 that print ads that contain glowing comments from a film reviewer who did not exist for at least four films released by Columbia Pictures, including A Knight's Tale and The Animal from 2001. The fake critic was named David Manning and was created by Columbia employee who worked in the advertising department. Manning was fraudulently presented as a reviewer for the Richfield <laughs> Press, a small Connecticut weekly. Look Lies. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That I is... could see faking reviews for the animal, but not for this movie. <laughs> isn't the animal, isn't that the one with Rob Schneider? Yeah. And Colleen from Survivor. Yeah, they needed, they needed all the reviews. <laughs> that, that one. Well, now I'm curious because it says four films. So I want to know what the other two films are that I have... want to Google it. I'm going to do that. <laughs> David Manning. So you know what, Jackie? We should write a review on the podcast on Apple and by and David ha- Manning. By David Manning. <laughs> He's back, y'all. Oh, there's a whole Wikipedia page about him. Ooh. Okay. So a night's tale describing Heath Ledger as this year's hottest new star. The animal, another winner. Like another winner. <laughs> It's not a sequel, like, was yeah. it, did this come out after Deuce Bigelow? Maybe that's what they're referencing? Yeah, maybe it was maybe, another Rob maybe. Schneider winner, if that's a thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a thing. I understand Ledger because this was his first starring role, so maybe it was to add some legitimacy. Maybe they were worried because he didn't lead a movie before, and they put a lot of money in this budget. $60 million is huge. Oh, on June 10th, 2001, on an episode of Le Show, host Harry Shearer conducted an in-studio interview with David Manning. The voice of Manning was provided by a computer voice synthesizer. What? They really went deep with this conspiracy. 
Oh, oh, I found the other movie. Okay. On August 3rd, 2005, Sony made an out-of-court settlement and agreed to refund $5 each to dissatisfied customers who saw <laughs> Hollow Man, oh. The Animal, The Patriot, A Night's Tale, and Vertical Limit. You could keep my money on The Patriot. Now, I know that was a propaganda movie, but I fucking loved every minute of it. <laughs> It came out on the my birthday, and I was rocking with Heath, Mel, said was. And <laughs> there was the other guy that played Ephraim on a TV show. I can't remember the, but the cast, I can't wait for us to do that movie, actually. I remember very little of The Patriot. I remember playing the scene where the guy gets a cannonball to the head in slow motion. Of course you would. And was Johnny that. right there with I you? I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was just, yeah. Probably. <laughs> Thanks. And we were like, yeah. <laughs> this is bringing me flashbacks to when Marky was on and Jackie was telling us what a wonderful babysitter she has been over the years. You know, <laughs> they're educated and they love movies. So I think job yeah. well done. Out of the back. Right now, probably. If it, if it wasn't for for that, <laughs> Johnny was also there when we saw a goofy movie in the theater, and I let them roll down the the aisles while we were waiting. I don't remember start. that. Maybe I got a concussion or something. Oh, that. Johnny! <laughs> but, but I do remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jackie. So, let's get into this. Okie dokie. So this movie is about jousting in medieval times and knights. If you didn't know from the title. (laughs) I felt really uneducated when the character of Jeffrey Chaucer was talking. I was like, oh, is this the, is he referencing the Canterbury Tales? But then I was like, no, that's not it. (laughs) I don't Um, think it is. Yeah, it's not. I'm going to say it's not. I, I think this movie was based on a chapter within Canterbury Tales. Okay, so maybe I'm not. It is. Look at a bitch. <laughs> Danielle, did you high five yourself just now? I sh- the, the fuck I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was the first time I realized because I watched it just uh, the other night. And uh, yeah, I did a, a little more in-depth research because we were going to talk about it. And I was like, holy, holy mackerel. This guy was based on a living person. So that was pretty cool. So I remember we had to read the Canterbury Tales in, I want to say maybe junior year of high school. And I was like, this is definitely some white people shit for sure. And I (laughs) do not want to continue to read these stories don't make no sense to me. Felt like the Bible in the sense of like all the different names and you get kind of confused in the beginning. No offense to, be, you know, Bible readers, but, you know, that Genesis stuff, don't act like it's not confusing with all the names, okay? <laughs> it's giving Lord of the Rings vibes with all those names. I might want to relook and see if uh, maybe being older, I, I might get it a little bit better. But back then, I was like, give me Nancy Drew, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we are introduced to... Oh, there's some titles and they say over the hill, former champion. It was the end, but for his squire, William, it was merely the beginning. And then we see a knight. We see it. And we see a dreadlocked Heath Ledger 
don't don't think you they slid that past me of like oh what's going on here yes and I was very upset when he cut his hair and shaved we had a very different experience then oh I liked liked dirty dreadlock Heath Ledger in this (laughs) I was like someone get this boy a comb So the knight was in the middle of a jousting competition. He didn't take a hit well, and he's dead now. And there's two minutes before they have to forfeit the match. His squires are panicking because they haven't eaten in three days, and they need this win. And essentially, all he had to do was stay on the horse for the third round. And so... After much yelling and debate and punching of a dead knight by <laughs> Watt, played by Alan Tudyk, um, so <laughs> much like he's so chaotic in this movie. Yeah, he's he, awesome. He's such a great character actor, and I yes. just feel like maybe more recently people are starting to recognize his talents in in different like movies and tv shows he was in doom patrol more recently played a great villain his comedic timing is like a whole nother level i personally love him from firefly yeah he's in that great. new show where he's an alien right he 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 plays an alien in yes it. yes i forgot what it's called though like the neighborhood alien or something yeah he's just oh, he's such a good actor well yeah. and he's a really talented voice actor too yeah he he voiced Hey Hey, and he voiced K2SO from Solo, mm. I believe. Yeah. He is also a birthday twin of mine. <gasps> How he was lucky born March are you? 16th. I know. <laughs> so we, big Alan Tudyk fans in this house, Ken loves Firefly. Anytime he comes on screen, he just yells wash. So. And it's a resident alien, not new resident oh okay so yeah so William is like well I'll do it like I'm wearing I'll just put on the armor I just have to stay on the horse I practice with the knight I can't remember the knight's name not relevant yeah oh well it does come back again what was the knight's name again Sir Ector yes Uh, all right he just was like forgotten though he must have been like yeah he, he must have been like a douchebag because nobody cared about him after after he died. Like, where's yeah. the director's wife and his friends being like, hey, and, and also, why? why did they leave him for so long? Like, for him to just die? Like, they, I feel like his squires would have helped him take his armor off. Was because he was dead for a little while, right? Like, it wasn't. No, just I like, think I think I, I think the the flies were just like they said he smelled like uh, i know i think that was just that's true (laughs) i think those were just storytelling elements Okay. Uh, because i think what happened was like after the second round because there isn't much time in between rounds gotcha unless like your armor's damaged or you have an injury and even then it seems like there's a time limit so i i imagine he was just like i just need to sit down for a minute and rest and then he just died damn way to go (laughs) in a jousting competition (laughs) (laughs) by a tree in nature Mm -hmm. 
I don't yeah. know. Sure. I was just going to say, I really like how the dialogue in this movie is very poetic. Like yeah. Even, even I'm going to call him Robert Baratheon, the, the, the <laughs> bigger squire guy. Yes. He, he says, uh, to, to hit it home, he says, the spark of his life is covered in shite. I was like, oh, that's such a good line. <laughs> it's so beautiful. That's so it's a beautiful, beautiful way to say someone has died. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure they probably try to just like keep up with Chaucer and his words. Because clearly we we figured that out with Bettany playing that role and how mm-hmm. just like very superfluous his commentary is. So yeah. So William puts on the armor and he stays on the horse, takes the hit, stays on the horse, wins. And so, and he takes a hit to the face and it's very lucky that he does because the king who's awarding him is like, take your helmet off, sir. And so they have an excuse of like, he can't, it's stuck on his face right now. Like, can you just give us the weird gold feather? And, And all the prizes throughout the movie are just like weird gold trophies yeah that then they have to turn around and sell for money yeah i guess like because like work that they have to do she's like all right well, cool now i have to go find the but dealer. any nobleman probably would just keep them they don't i don't know if they probably all needed to That's have true. the gold for money as much as you know they're nobles like they should yeah. have money but That's Sir Ector, it seemed like he didn't because, like, all of his squires didn't have money. Maybe he just didn't pay them yet. Like, he had to finish the tournament. I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that was a little confusing. But anyway, they're, they're able to hawk the, the gold peacock feather for 15 coins. So it's five coins a piece. And then William's like, hey, guys, we can do this. Like I can continue competing and winning money. And they're like, first off, you suck at jousting. You're okay (laughs) with swords, but suck at jousting. And I want my money. I want to go home. And he like literally runs away with their money and they have to chase him a little bit. And they have to chase him. And it's not like, and then they get into a fight and then they wrestle on the ground and then they're all laughing afterwards. They're like, bro, give me my damn money, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that both of them have like two different reasons why they want the money. Robert, but that Robert, why can't I say his last name now? Bar- Baratheon. Baratheon. So Robert Baratheon wants to go home and home is England. And the other, what's his name again? So Robert Baratheon is Roland. Uh, Roland. And, and Alan Tudyk is what? Okay, so Roland wants to go home and Watt wants food. That's all he cares about. I very much relate with his character (laughs) when he, like, his motivation is like, I want to eat good food. And I don't want to hear none of this crap, William, about you trying to pretend to be, like, like you said, because he doesn't have the skills set first and foremost, and to pretend to be a, a noble, that could be some really bad implications and repercussions, I, I should say. Mm-hmm. So they took a big risk of saying yeah. yes. And I'm just thinking now in that in that scene, the backdrop is is of a of a guy who's hanging on raptors hung. Mm-hmm. Dead, right? so they're having this conversation about, you know, let's take this humongous risk. 
and you just have that ominous thing in the background. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> to set the tone, but you know, paid off, I guess. Yeah. Well, it it paid off because they were hella lucky later when like they didn't think their plan through. So they go into like we get a training montage pretty much of them trying to get William up to par and the montage is very hilarious because they're dumb they're they're all really dumb just stupid pretty much it's that classic montage where it's like he's terrible in the beginning and then he's like an elite uh, (laughs) right yes like you know like two days later he's good to go (laughs) he's ready to go and i feel like i've feel like at some point i don't know i think do we start the movie where we start to see some of like the modern mm-hmm. like rock music starting to play so that was one of the cool things that set this movie apart because obviously we've had medieval time movies i, I don't even know what, what period of time you call this because it's not like the, isn't it the dark ages is that not it's like the 1300s whenever that time period is <laughs> well you don't see many period pieces or even before this movie, you didn't see a ton of period pieces where they would mix in kind of modern elements. And so this entire soundtrack was just like Queen and Bowie and just really amazing music from more of our time mixed in. So that that was fun to make it, I don't know, kind of historical fiction. Yeah, I yeah. think that's- Yeah, well, that was awesome. I love that the 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 we will rock you in the beginning of the movie it really like set you set the pace for for a good time so i really like that love a queen movie <laughs> queen song in a movie and in they said they purposely did this because in most medieval movies which i i just looked up and medieval times are also called the middle ages or the dark ages so it's all synonymous and most period movies like this they play period appropriate music during those montages well, it doesn't resonate with a an audience, audience of today, correct? Yeah. And so they purposely chose songs that would resonate with a modern audience to convey the feeling they needed to feel in those scenes. Which was smart because I feel like after this movie, we start to see this happen so much in other movies that we get to play mm-hmm. with period pieces. Like, you know, what the pride and prejudice or pride and prejudice and zombies or something like that we had the abraham lincoln vampire slayer (laughs) movie so we we've started to see it and even even in like ella enchanted they use the same strategy when i tell you that i love that movie (laughs) i really enjoy that too and that anne hathaway's rendition of somebody to love is just it's I good so much <laughs> <laughs> i'm very particular about my queen I know, i'm sorry i know i know she was good um, she can and then you know it's paved the way for like currently we have bridgerton that brings in yes. modern mu- music into their scenes and it's just that that little thing that you can do to connect an audience with a piece that might be not sent set in a contemporary time yeah 100 percent so yes, and the montage is set to Low Rider. <laughs> Which 
Johnny, don't you love Cheech and Chong movies? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I love Cheech and Chong. Up in smoke. <laughs> uh, this is after the montage. He is freshly shorn and shaven, ready to go to his first competition. They're fighting over who gets to ride the horse, as you do. Yeah. I like how he's like shaven and kind of clean, but he still looks dirty. It's it must be an it's an aesthetic thing. I I get it. I didn't mind it. I was just like he, very handsome. It's like I felt like could. I felt like my grandma was gonna come and say, "You wash your back. <laughs> <laughs> Why your back dry?" So they are heading up the road and then enter a butt ass naked Paul Bet naked. <laughs> Is is this about the point, Danielle, where you're like, I've never seen this movie before? I don't, you know, what's funny? I, I didn't, I, it's because I've just seen so many pieces of this movie and like on social and clips. I pro, I'm telling you, I probably saw it in passing mm-hmm. because I wasn't surprised he was naked, actually. Like I wasn't shocked, but it was interesting how many times I saw Paul Bettany's butt and he did a great job being naked (laughs) and paul bettany plays jeffrey chaucer he has a bit of a gambling problem hence the no clothes and he is trudging as he (laughs) put it yeah and but he doesn't tell us right away or Mm -mm. i say us but he doesn't tell the group right away that he has this gambling problem he he has a way with words for sure, but and he I can do. write. Yes, he does brag that he can write. That's one of his skills, one of his superpowers. Now they wrote this role especially for Paul Bettany, which, duh, why wouldn't you? I think uh, he did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's such a good actor, and he's such a good, you know, I can see him in in any play in the world. You know, he's so good. Let's talk about the cast for a second. So this is where I take great umbrage. So Heath Ledger as William, great. Alan Tudyk and Mark Addy as Roland and Watt, fantastic. Got it. Obviously, Paul Bettany as Jeffrey Chaucer. Perfection. Top notch. Yes. Can't stand Shannon Sossaman. I think I knew that. And I can't stand... Don't yeah. you say it. Rufus Sewell. Oh, uh, well, that's because he plays a really, he does a good job of just being an asshole in every movie he's yep. in pretty much. But I don't even like, there are actors that I don't like because they were such assholes in movies. But that's not this. That's not this. This mm-hmm. is just, I, I like, I just feel like, in my soul, those two were so miscast that it ruins the movie for me. Really? Yes. I, as soon as I see Rufus, I know he's going to be the bad guy. I, I'm always thrown for a loop the rare chances he's not. So I think he plays an uppity nobleman pretty well. Now, Shannon, she does say in some interviews that she has some regrets about her performance in this movie this was her very first movie ever and she was very green like I don't even think she had acting lessons kind of situation she was definitely and I I don't want to cut her down in that way but I feel like she was definitely hired for vibes and looks you know what I'm saying 
I did. I will say that bitch's costumes, all of oh. her looks, the costumes were on point. The hair was not. Those were some. Those were some. <laughs> <laughs> those were some choices. Yes, <laughs> but I can't blame her for that because she didn't pick it. No, no, no. I'm not blaming her. I, I just, I felt like we had so many great up and coming actresses during that time. Yeah, that I, I just it was do you so like her in any other movies i don't but i don't know if it's because i dislike her so much in this movie <laughs> like my brain is like we don't give her a second chance now i believe that somehow she's connected to gwyneth paltrow and i can't remember how so i'm gonna look that up as you continue your rant of why you hate these people <laughs> okay so if I were casting, I probably would have done like a Christian Slater as Count Admar. Like, I feel like he can make it slick and like, I don't know, give some, some range to the character. I think that was it. It was just like very flat. Like he was the bad guy and like, he's British. Yeah. <laughs> that's not like, an excuse it is uh, like they, they are can be very dry i feel like he i don't know i didn't really have a problem with him but i get it i get it okay so i knew this stuck out to me okay so i'm gonna tell you the story <sighs> so she sasaman i hope that i said her name right she was pursuing a career in dance and she never planned to become like a professional dancer. It was more like she just loved it. And around that time of her trying to, you know, be a dancer, she ended up modeling first. So she was like in Sassy Magazine, American Eagle Outfitters and all that other stuff. And then she were was in a bunch of videos for like Daft Punk and the Goo Goo Dolls. And then she was discovered by casting director Francine Maisler, I think is her name, yeah, Maisler, while assisting a fellow DJ at Gwyneth Paltrow's brother's birthday party. And, oh, this is going to piss you off even more. You ready? Ready. Sossman beat Kate Hudson for the lead female role in A Knight's Tale. Oh, God. She was cast as Lady <laughs> Jocelyn, the love interest, obviously. But <sighs> what do you think about that, Jack? <laughs> I mean, Kate Hudson is a much better choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a Christina Ricci could have been a good like there are so many better choices that could have been made in this role that it's just <laughs> yeah. Because is she Brit- Is she even British? <laughs> no, not in even the slightest. No. Mm-mm. Sorry. So so disappointing. Yeah, Kate Hudson, <laughs> man. I I don't know how how who what where who how what. Like even get get Jennifer Connelly in there. Get the whole Bentley family. Like <laughs> something. I don't like. I I don't understand how Heath Ledger, Kate Hudson, that. Yo, if they were in that movie together, I guarantee those two probably would have ended up dating. Yeah. Like, he loves him a blonde. 
He does. Michelle Williams, Heather Graham, and Naomi Watts. He loved him a blonde. He loved him a blonde for sure. Yeah. I'm just saying, I feel like there were much better choices for those two roles. <laughs> Clearly. Back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> After the messages, we'll, we'll be, be right, right back. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chaucer's like, can you just like, let me go with you. I'll write for you. I'll, I'll, I'll write all your paperwork. So it looks like you're of noble birth because you have to present it at every tournament that you go to. And all I ask is that you clothe me, feed me, and like, let me ride your horse for a little while. He does something in the scene, super gross. He gets a thorn in his foot and he takes it out with his mouth. <laughs> Got it done. That was it for me. Paul Bettany was not looking hot at all in the <laughs> entire movie after he did that shit. I was like, nope. But I do love that Watt was like, let me let me come over here and talk to you for a second, <laughs> homie. Let you know so what's good. up. I will rock your ass if you fuck shit up. Like he was very so violent. Very violent. Enough. What did he keep saying? Like pain. he said it. He just said pain, pain. <laughs> but he he said some word, an F word. I meant to look it up. Yeah, he was, was not playing. Like, if they didn't run into Paul Bettany, they would have been screwed. Yeah, it was their plan that they hadn't run into this guy with a very specific skill set. <laughs> now I'm thinking of taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they they didn't think things through not uh, in the slightest. Yeah. So essentially Chaucer becomes William's Herald because apparently at the beginning of the tournament or each event, you have to have like a hype man. And so that's what he became. It's my dream, man. man? Yes. Before I walk into a room. (laughs) Here he, here he. Get some subs. Danielle, say that again. Did I say it wrong? (laughs) I think I heard it wrong. What is it? Say it your one. No, you already <laughs> said I already said it. What is it? Hear ye, hear ye. Whatever. A A V E bitch. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so now we are in town prior to the tournament starting, and William is just on his horse trotting through town singing a tune and he sees a woman in white and it looks like lisa simpson hair but like as a hat like a little little hat on yeah (laughs) she just looks like a little baby you know like that's her christening outfit you know what i'm saying yes yeah so he is enraptured but he kind of loses sight of her so he's looking for her all over. How'd she get upstairs so fast? That was that did throw me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? And he's talking to himself, like, I need you to speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, William man. has zero game. Okay. Zero. Less than zero. <laughs> <laughs> and so he finally sees her and follows her. And starts talking to her and 
what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. She come, kind of claps back. She's like, would you care if I was ugly? Also, bitch, you trying to say you cute? <laughs> yeah, she was very, she knew, she was very confident. She was a very confident lady. <laughs> she was. <laughs> he he put, he pulled up in his horse in the church. How you don't know you're in the church? That deacon or whoever he was, was not having it. He's <laughs> like, sinners! <laughs> <laughs> And because William was so smitten with, we find out her name is Jocelyn, that he didn't realize he was entering a church on a horse. And so he has to leave. And as he's leaving, she's like, just call me a fox. And so he goes, okay, foxy lady. And then leaves. Because she kept calling him a hunter. Yes. I was like, these are all very interesting terms. And he doesn't learn her name for quite a bit the shenanigans the back and forth the way that dating and courting used to be back in the day who's got time for that (laughs) i mean it's still that way now you're right that's why i'm still single (laughs) and but like she's as william's leaving she's giggling about it she finds it funny and whoever the the church elder is like turns around and he's like are you laughing she's like only to keep from weeping (laughs) she's like (laughs) And I love how he tries to get her to kiss his ring, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, it's so cute. And he gets kind of thrown off by that. But it was, he's very full of himself, this, this priest, preacher man. I don't know what he was. Yeah, she was very full of, I mean, the whole conversation was about how her, her, her beauty was such a a distraction. Yeah, yeah. (sighs) (laughs) What was, was she like was she a lady was she a princess like what was she i swore she, someone said princess at one point and i was like Wait, yeah what? she was daughter of the king interesting of a yeah, king cool. or a lord i don't know at one point the count comes back i just call him the count because i can never remember his name and he says like i'm i i thought he said i'm asking the king for her hand but i could have been wrong but Are I think multiple? sometimes, I think if you were in the court, I think you might, maybe you might have to get permission from the king or the, to, to marry someone in, in court. No, but he says, I thought he said the king, her father. Oh, maybe. I, I just, I cause like when they would have the jousting, you would see the king, you, I'm guessing it was like whoever was who realm it was i guess you would see those people sitting in the middle and i was surprised that like when she would come to watch the jousting matches that she wasn't sitting up there with them so maybe it's somebody and maybe it wasn't the king of that particular tournament maybe yeah i don't know or i could just be wrong it's happened before so I mean, you're probably right. I just, I, I, that's why I asked. I have no idea. No, but it doesn't make sense because of the whole Prince Edward thing. Yeah. I don't know. Ignore everything I said. (laughs) (laughs) So they're talking about like, essentially in the tournament, jousting is the main event. So that's where all the prize and the prestige comes in. And although William is better with a sword and is, can win the sword events, they're like, we really need to focus on jousting because that's where you're going to like turn heads and, and win lots of money. We also 
find out due to Chaucer's nakedness again that he has a gambling problem. He is in debt and the debt collectors have come to collect. And so William says pretty much that he will pay to get him, get Chaucer back or whatever, and he'll pay him after he wins. And Chaucer... It's interesting because I do remember reading the tales about those two characters in the Canterbury Tales. He's like, I will get you back. You will be forever remembered in like my writing and my stories Mm -hmm. or whatnot. So I thought that was a cool like reference to their characters. Yeah. 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 And then in the next scene, they have a sword event. At first, William's kind of getting his bearings but then he comes back kicks some ass and then the herald is is hyping him up chaucer's hyping him up and no one reacts when he's done (laughs) until roland's like yeah and then everyone starts cheering well the reason for that is because all of the extras were checks yeah they and they didn't understand what chaucer was saying (laughs) (laughs) and so roland the actor that plays roland mark addy realized that and so he yelled yeah he improv the yeah and that got everyone to cheer and they liked it so much they 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 left it in in. yeah Yeah. that was good I watched that scene. It's just, it's now that you know that, it's funny just to see the crowd just kind of be silent after <laughs> Ledger's just like standing there, like, <laughs> it's just like super awkward now that you know that it wasn't intentional. Yeah. It's a fun scene. In that scene, what, first of all, that'd be super freaking scary to be in a freaking sword fight, like legit, like that. Yeah. And he's, his helmet had like a huge gaping hole, like where his face is. Yeah. Oh my God, man. <laughs> That's so scary. I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. Well, the good thing is that all of the actors had stuntmen. They were not allowed to not have stuntmen. And a lot of that had to do with like, it's grueling. And so when they were jogging, they tried to do CGI for it at first, but they could not get like really good angles. Like it, it just looked awful. All the cuts that they got not great so they decided that they had to do the real jousting so they they hired an actual person who knew how to you know set up everything and he had to train all the stuntmen but Keith was like I want to do my stunts right but one his stuntman in particular got fucked up like tore like his back up or something happened to him and so he ended up having to get like 13 stitches or something crazy and so he was like i understand now and the shit happened twice in the same place on the on on the sun guy oh my gosh so i guess in that scene it definitely was (laughs) like i think we see Heath and where you see his face but all the other ones all stuntmen because very dangerous I'm so glad that they actually it wasn't CGI. I'm glad, you know, poor, poor stuntman, but damn, yeah, this would have been a totally different movie if it was all CGI. So, yeah. Well, apparently they had to take that CGI budget and funnel it towards lances that were created that would convincingly explode upon impact without injuring the stunt writers. 
So the body of each lance was scored so it would easily break and the tips were made of balsa wood and each was hollowed out with the holes filled with balsa splinters and uncooked linguini. Love it. Because then the linguini would just like shoot out and the crunch looked very yeah. real. Very yeah, real. Danielle sure. loves a crunch. I do. I <laughs> love a crunch. Lances and bones. <laughs> I do. And we also learned wood is a good ASMR sound for me. When we yes. went to the museum in Chicago, the wood floors, when I would hear the creaks. Jackie does have a video of me really getting down to that I did she was her own ASMR for a bit at the museum <laughs> we just left her to her own devices because she was happy. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another montage of William winning set to taking care of business and love uh, that's a damn bop man people don't give that song the credit it deserves there is another song towards the end and I have a story about that but there is <laughs> there are quite a few bops in this movie Johnny do you have a favorite song from the movie we will rock you also the dance scene I like oh with David Bowie I, I yes yeah mm-hmm. I like how it's like the classical and then it like goes morphs into- in yeah, that's, yeah. That's I like that a lot this the whole soundtrack is really good on this movie. yeah it really is so William William's breastplate plate gets cracked while jousting. And so he's running around. He doesn't have any money because he hasn't won anything yet. Right. It, it shows him winning throughout the tournament, but like the tournament isn't over. So he knows he's probably going to get something. He just doesn't have it right now. So he runs over to the blacksmiths trying to convince them to fix his breastplate with the promise of payment later. And they're like, no promise, like payment up front. And then one is like, go talk to the farrier. If you don't know what a farrier is, they make horseshoes. And that damn Ken. I When I knew Jackie, she didn't know what the fuck that was. But Ken, <laughs> Ken loves that damn show about the swords. I, it is forged, quite addicting to watch. Forged in fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We watch lots of forging videos <laughs> in this house. But I knew what a farrier was because my my friend from middle school owned a horse. Oh, I forgot we lived where the rich people lived. So the farrier, she's like, I I need payment. No, thanks. And then William kind of gets tricksy and he's like, oh, well, they said not to even bother coming over here anyway. And she's like, what? Because I'm a woman. And he's like, no, because they said you you wouldn't be able to to fix it. Yeah. Like he got him. Yeah. 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 Reverse psychology to her. And I very much love this actress, Laura Fraser, because there's a movie called Virtual Sexuality that came out in the 90s, and it's very obscure. I don't think a ton of people know about it, and I love that movie. Yeah. So the farrier agrees, essentially, to to fix his breastplate because... She's got something to prove now. She does. This... It's a total throwaway, but they show kind of a wide shot of the jousting pitch is what I'm going to call it. And you kind of see the crowd and stuff. And there is a guy walking around selling cat meat and and hot wine. And I'm like, none of those sound appealing. (laughs) You wouldn't want some cat meat and wine? Oh, 
hotline. Hotline, yeah. And I'm sure it's a warm day. You're in all those layers and no one bathes. Oh, my God. But yeah, give me some cat meat and hotline. They were just dying for the Moors to come over and teach them how to bathe. I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cat meat. Yeah. Gross. It's like in Demolition Man where they're eating rats. Hmm. Would you rather eat a cat or a rat? I'd rather die. (laughs) <laughs> Danielle's going vegetarian <laughs> yeah I'd rather eat veggies because I okay look I'll, I'll say this I'm all down for mystery meat as long as I don't know don't tell True. me that's fair don't don't, adver- don't advertise it as cat meat right just say <laughs> meat on a stick and I'm there I love me some street meat I do yeah. I won't ask what it is <laughs> <laughs> So this is when we're introduced to Count Adamar. Is that how you say it? Yep. Yeah. I just wrote the count for the rest of the movie. So yeah. Yeah. he is the leader of the Free Company, which is his army that is stationed in southern France. Currently. So is he attacking France? No, I think it's just like, you know how they like station troops just in case shit goes down or they're like protecting borders i'm assuming okay and william sees because count the count is sitting next to jocelyn so william sees jocelyn again asks about her name again yeah because he's in someone introduces jocelyn to the count he's Mm -hmm. like i've been waiting to you know meet you or whatever he's trying to spit game but he's so like conceited and cocky that she's not even really interested per se and when William comes up he's not even paying attention to anything he's just like let me get them digits boo you know <laughs> yeah her, her eyes light up when she sees William too yeah, yeah. I would too okay to hating his guts to seeing seeing yeah and the, the the way they explained jousting through the count explaining it to Jocelyn was a really nice touch. Cause like, obviously not very many people are familiar. <laughs> I had with no the idea what system. was going on. <laughs> I was so like, was, yeah, count. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very good way to explain to the audience how the scoring worked while making it flow within the movie. Was yeah. anybody else counting how many horses William probably got because he knocked people off with that one blow? Yeah, I was like, they should have so many horses. <laughs> They're not fighting over who gets to ride next now. <laughs> so that was one of the things. If you knock the person off the horse, you got to keep keep that horse. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's some extra coinage for him. You know? Yeah. But I just, like, I was mad because I didn't see that, like, come to fruition and i was just like mm, it would have been I'm cool to a long line of horses <laughs> like like at the end of vegas vacation where he's like yeah. put a dollar and got a car put a dollar and got a car. <laughs> exactly so yeah william is so smitten with jocelyn's beauty the count starts calling him out asks him his name he momentarily is like huh what and so he's like oh you don't know your own name you're in old armor like just just trashing him it was it was hard to watch the poor babe he just got 
slaughtered. Yeah. And soon after is the jousting competition. And Chaucer does something that is super brilliant. He, in his, when he's announcing William, he knows he needs to get the hearts of the like commoners and not just herald to the noblemen. And so he kind of turns around to the commoners and is like, it's my pleasure to introduce all of you to William and kind of hypes him up in that way. Yeah. Because they they need the fans. They need people coming in to see William and wanting William to compete so that he keeps getting entered or can continue going to these tournaments. And he turns to William and says, I got their attention. You go win their hearts. And so that's, that's awesome, William's man. goal. But William is just like, did she see me after that? <laughs> <laughs> he don't care about the comedy. He just no, no, no. Jocelyn. <laughs> the, the count does make an observation that William is fearless because the slit and the helmets are very, very small, just so they can kind of see their opponent. But almost all nights, as soon as like they get close to their opponent, opponent, they tilt their head up to protect their eyes, where William is always focused on the opponent. He's yeah. not worried about losing his eyesight. And I think it's like, it really speaks to William because number one, that he hasn't had formal training. Cause I'm sure that's something like a tip that like, well, the count, taught. the count does mention that he has no like form. Yeah. Like whatsoever, which is a tip off that he probably wasn't trained because they all, like you said, they've all been, they all have the similar technique. Yeah. yeah. Like standard, standard ways of doing it. Yeah. 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 And then it also speaks to William, like he has nothing left to lose. Yeah. Like if he does it, this it's all or nothing for him. He he's been a squire his whole life. And this is his one shot. Like Eminem. (laughs) (laughs) Spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. Do, do not miss your chance to blow like this is his one shot to make something of himself and so he's going for it so it was a really neat observation that had a lot of depth to it and explained a lot about William's character and just like one little and if it, it, it's like a blink if you and you miss it scene too mm-hmm. yeah I think is this where he also says that like he'll win the whole tournament for her the count so the opponent William is facing, I think they have their first round and like the opponent's done, but like wants to bow out with honor. Right. And he- so William's not going to just like completely annihilate him or whatever. And mm-hmm. so he kind of just lets him kind of not default. Well, they, they call pretty much. It's like a tie essentially, yeah. or they, they both. A draw. Yeah. Yeah. A draw. They both do. They, you know, it looks like they're going to go after each other and then they both lift their jousting sticks. Lances. Right. Right. (laughs) They lift those and people are surprised by that. And that the count actually mentions that like it's weak. Right. Which is telling about him where it actually shows that William is showing him grace. And so mm-hmm. he said, yeah, showing grace is weak. And so I don't want to have babies with you if you think that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a red flag on the play. 
Yeah. So now it's the night. They're all just sleeping. It looks like a stable. Like they're just all in the hay. Yeah. Let me tell you one thing. You know what I'm going to say, right? I love a shared bedtime situation. It's fun. Great. We're all friends. We're cool. But there's no fucking way I'm going to have your toesies (laughs) in my motherfucking face. (laughs) As much as I know y'all ain't wearing no shoes and not one of you has had a lick of bath water in days. There's no way. Yeah, it was just all bad. It was just, it was just but did y'all did y'all notice it? That's all I want to know. Yes, and William, okay. but William did not because he's just pining over Jocelyn. I'm like, it's there, it's right there. You don't smell the feet. And for someone, oh, we missed a pretty integral part of <laughs> the beginning of the movie where William has this saying, and he's like, "I can change my stars." And so that's kind of his philosophy that has guided him on his journey, meaning that he can change his lot in life and be anything he wants to be. So hyper-focused on changing his stars, we later find out like his dad pretty much gave him to uh, Sir Ector as like a young child so that he could learn what it is to be a knight. And so... We've gone through this whole journey, 12 years of him serving Sir Ector so he can learn the ways of the night. He gets his opportunity and we're going to throw it away for a girl. Yeah. So. I was, I was thinking about like, he, he's, he's making a lot of decisions for a lot of people that really only benefit himself. You know? Yes. It's yeah. I don't know if I was his buddy, I'd be like, dude, Go for the girl, man. But I just want to sleep in a comfortable bed. Yeah, do it on your own time, right? Right. Like, let's get through this year of tournaments, and then you can go do and fuck whoever you want. Right. (laughs) I thought about it as I was watching this movie, and I was like, I still would have very much enjoyed this movie, even if there was no love story. A hundred percent. That's what I thought too. I just needed his journey. Yeah, that's all I needed. I don't I, I don't think it was needed at all and I feel like he had more passion for the rivalry he had with the count than he did with this fake ass romance yeah. like he was showing that and acting like he cared about her but the passion was really for count yeah mm-hmm. he loved the count he did he loved <laughs> <it>. <laughs> So the next day is when, oh, when he's talking about how he can't sleep, love has given him wings. One of, I think it's Roland says, no, it's Watt that says women weaken the heart and without your heart, you cannot win. Is it Roland or Watt? One of them. Roland, Watt was only thinking about food. He wasn't getting any insight. (laughs) Watt was constantly like beaten up on Chaucer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also Danielle. I feel like this movie holds up to your white girl diversity theory. Yes, there is a blonde, a redhead, and a dark-haired man. And I also think one of the reasons why they picked Shannon is because she, the dynamic of him being blonde and her having brunette hair 
sometimes you don't see a lot of times where they match up two blondes. It's super weird. I I don't know. I mean, they did it with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, but I don't always see that. I always see that mix. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Johnny, I have a theory that (laughs) white people look at diversity by hair color and think about it like every tv show movie or whatever it's always like a competition between a blonde and a brunette or a that's how you show like you can't have two main girls that are brunettes for some reason i'm going straight to buffy and yeah it's the one with red hair Mm -hmm. red hair blonde hair dark hair so yeah cordelia was the dark Mm -hmm. hair buffy's hair no matter like we know Sarah Michelle Geller's hair is not blonde. Why are you trying to play these <laughs> right. games? Yeah, Same that's with it. I think there's I think you have some legs to to stand on there. Mean and, girls, because we have Katie girls. who's a redhead, Regina George, who's blonde, and Gretchen with the Gretchen Wiener. Yeah. And if you have enough, you can throw in some more blondes there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> Danielle's theory holds up in this movie as well and it's an interesting take because it's all male instead of female hair diversity it's diverse this movie is very diverse (laughs) y'all it's my seal of diverse approval (laughs) surface level diversity You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? Tell me, Audrey. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD, all right? Oh, wow. For <laughs> Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. You the DVD. Yeah. Hansel and Gretel. She basically has sex with it, somehow. Uh, foreplay. Yeah. Yes. She's chair foreplay. Yeah, I mean, they knocked out the park, which is why it's my number three. So. Oh! oh. <laughs> yes. I mean, I wouldn't be in it, because this movie doesn't have women. But, you know, that's you why I was making right. It has one. You would have that. three lines of dialogue. So it has one. Oh. Okay. So I'm actually going to get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my, my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, on a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. Anyway, we're not. Hard Phoenix, too. No. 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 Because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting detective ex-detective phillips's dick okay but we don't okay i i know all of those words were english but the way you <laughs> constructed yeah, them i'm I, lost I'm not, I'm not finding the ratings <laughs> on them very well for those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. So the next day, this is when the count's like, I'm going to warn this tournament for you. Yeah. <laughs> she just like rolled her eyes like oh yeah like you and everybody else he can't read a room yeah and, yeah well, that's the she... thing man she's just like totally giving off like leave me alone vibes mm-hmm. and he's just not picking up on it nope well know. and she she does call him out too she's like 
you win a lot. Like, are you really winning for me or are you <laughs> just winning for you and calling it winning it for me? Like not feeling it, sir. No, but she does see William and the little twinkles back. And so her maiden goes over and gives William a token. So she's also kind of putting it in the count space of like, nah, I don't need you to win this tournament for me. I got my sight set on another. So he has her little handkerchief and the count has a fist on his lance. Yeah, it's badass. It's something. <laughs> yeah, it's so extra that he has a freaking fist on his. Yeah, it's an iron <laughs> fist. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, they the, the the count knocks the win out of William, dents his breastplate on the first hit. He comments that he hits like a hammer. So now they're talking strategy. They're like, okay, well, if that's how he always hits, then if you like turn your shoulder, it'll glance off. It won't be a direct hit. And it'll lessen the blow. And then William's like, but if he, if that's not usually like, if he switches it up, right. I'm fucking dead. Like, yeah. And, and Roland's like, you're, it's, it's, it was a, a gamble. Yeah. <laughs> it's a risk worth taking. And they are chanting his name. So he has kind of captured the heart of the people. And the count hits the helmet off of, William on the second pass so he has like literally has his bell rung we do get a flashback to a young William and this is where we get all of the exposition about someday he's going to be a knight and then his dad encourages him says he'll do anything and he gets his quote from a gentleman in stocks Uh, and he's just like you can't change your stars as he's like and so that's kind of where he gets his inspiration for a man can change his stars. And essentially the count wins. He comes back and says, come see me when you're worthy of fighting me, essentially. So challenge extended. Yeah. I mean, from here we get a montage because William is very, this is where the passion comes from. Like all he can see is red. He's so pissed off. And so we see a ton of tournaments. He's constantly winning. And so William does win. He just doesn't win the he main wins prize. Second, second place. Yeah. So he, oh, he gives sorry. the farrier her money. He pays off the debt gambler. And he when he pay when he pays, she she does ask him if she if they can take him, take her to France. And they like mm-hmm. kind of say no. And then the hands maiden comes and says, like that jocelyn wants him to accompany her or what is he wearing for the like meal or the banquet banquet. and so they have to figure that out and then they have to figure out how to dance and they have to figure out how to like sew him a (laughs) tunic so he can get ready and luckily kate does teach them how to dance because when (laughs) chalston tries to do it he's like horrible at like getting and of course him and Watt start fighting as usual and then they go to the banquet and when they get to the banquet like the count is such a dick he's so jealous because clearly he can tell something is off about William that he just like doesn't feel like royal noble noble, right so he he kind of challenges him to to do the dance of his where he's from 
you know William don't fucking know. He tries to add some claps and twirls or whatever, but luckily Jocelyn kind of jumps in and helps him. And that's Johnny's scene where they played David Bowie's song. And oh yeah, I, I do love. Really cool. I thought it was really cool how they they taught the group of dancers like three or four moves, and then everybody just instantly got it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> choreographed. Just like cool. she's all that. They <laughs> exactly. all know this, this choreographed so dance, but they have they have a ball. And they and look I, great. That outfit he wore at that at that uh, banquet. I was like, damn, that's a slick, that's a slick vest. I know Ken <laughs> like that vest. It's sure. a slick ass tunic. She <laughs> and Jocelyn again. She gave looks, nothing but looks in this whole movie. And that green dress and the way that like it flowed, it was mm-hmm. very beautiful. Yeah, very nice. So the next scene is because Kate got paid. She's kind of part of the group now. She makes William new armor and in making him new armor she figures out a way to temper the steel so it's lighter and stronger and so and then she puts in her 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 Nike swooshes yeah Yeah, dual Nike swoosh insignia so what Chaucer's trying to say is just do it was way before right exactly (laughs) so and and they're like this isn't going to work. Like this armor is all wrong. It's too light. It's too small. Like it's not, she's like, no, I, I figured out a better way to heat the steel. And they're like, not believing it, but she, so they're like, well, she's like, test it out. So they take a literal ramrod and have him stand there and they run full force into his chest. He's like, I didn't feel a thing. Like, yeah, that, that was, was a risky very, little game. Very dangerous. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're in the competition. The knight before him was facing off against the black knight of, what, what was his title again? I can't remember. I don't, I don't know. It, 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 I, they call him. Yeah, it's Correct. Prince Edward. And yeah. isn't it Black Prince of Wales? Black Prince yeah. of Wales, yeah. Yeah. So the Count figures out that it's Prince Edward <laughs> that he's about to joust and he, he forfeits because he doesn't want to go against a royal. And they have discussions and then it's it's William's turn to go and they're trying to figure out like why did get for certain information why the Count forfeited. And as William is about to joust this, this knight that what's his name chaucer runs up and says that it's edward and it's a forfeit and they're all ready to say all right we'll forfeit as well and then at the last second william is just like no we're gonna do this so he starts going prince edward sees him and he gets all hyped up he calls for his lance and they go at it i forget who won or if it was a draw i think they both did i feel like they both hit each other yeah it was a legit battle yeah Yeah. i don't know who the winner was but at the very end when they came face to face and william says that he knows it's you know prince edward and prince edward looks at william and he's like you know who i was you you know you know who i am and you still fought and it was just kind of like a mutual conversation back and forth which was pretty cool very brave of william to do mm-hmm. that brave, uh, brave, the brave. count was not like he was like what the hell is happening why would you do <laughs> you know and yeah. william ends up winning the tournament because of this and 
so they're like you're the champion like you're you you won and he's like i'm not the champion until i beat the count and so now william has a vendetta (laughs) against the count jocelyn then wants to meet at the banquet again and william's super frustrated because the count withdrew yeah this is like super weird because like what in this scene when they're jocelyn's just trying to be flirty and stuff like that and this is like the first time we see william kind of be a a dick essentially right like he's not even it's like he can't even get his words out he's enraged essentially but in such a weird way and taking it out on her and just kind of calling her a stupid girl it's just yeah super frustrated all around and yeah <laughs> yeah not a good look william not a good look and, and he he does call her so he, he he kind of calls her out like pretty much all you do is care about your clothes and she says what is a flower good for or a flower's only as good as its petals and he comes back and he's like a flower's good for nothing and I was like, damn oh. William, digging yourself a hole. He also calls her a silly girl and she claps back. She says, better a silly girl with a flower than a silly boy with a horse and a stick. And she should have said small stick. That wasn't really. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get what? Late on the comeback with a, it's called a lance. (laughs) Hello. So now is another montage more of William winning. This is when the Count is called back to his army at the south of France. And it felt like Prince Edward did it on purpose. Yeah, because he called him to, to, the, to the lines. Yes. Uh, be with his company. Yeah. So it felt like, like Prince Edward was giving William an advantage by pulling the Count back to his army. Yeah. And so the Count requests all the tournament results and he's flipping through and it's all just William's crest. Yeah. Mm. Every single tournament, William is winning. The Count is And William, meanwhile, has realized he was a dick and needs to write the ship with Jocelyn. And so he's having Chaucer write this letter and it's, he's not one with the words. He does say some, you know, he spits some nice lines here and there. And this letter is like a combination of every one of the group gives mm-hmm. like a different line that they would, you know, live by or say to their gal or food if you're Watt. And even Kate like helps with the ending. And I think Watt is the one who takes it to Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's <laughs> ready to drop her panties for this, you know? It was a beautiful letter. I have your right <laughs> She is just like, if she was a cartoon, she would just have heart eyes. Yeah. And she is 100% on William. And Watt does say he was hoping that you'd write a letter back or send a token back with me. And so now we are in Paris preparing for the tournament. Watt is walking up after going to see Jocelyn and giving her the letter. And... and He's like, yeah, she loved it. It was great. And, and William's like, you got anything for me? <laughs> got anything for me? And so Watt very begrudgingly gives William a kiss on the lips. 
Interesting. <laughs> William is not phased. William is stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, I all I could think of is that I know they brush their teeth. That's like <laughs> just they're also dirty. Yeah. They're so dirty. So, oh, and when composing the letter, they're throwing out ideas. And like some of the ideas, not so great. Like talk about her breasts, talk about her neck. Well, I I feel like William, did William come up with the breast thing? And, and or I guess the guy, yeah, the other guys. Edgar. I think Edgar. Edgar, Edgar yeah. yeah. And <laughs> who's Edgar? Not uh, Edgar. Roland. 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 Oh, yeah. I, I knew what he also. meant. <laughs> yeah, are, we're having your own conversation. <laughs> like, yeah, Edgar. Thank you, you <laughs> And so uh, uh, they're in France. Watt and Roland, not Edgar, and Chaucer are in a bar shit talking with the French. And they're like, oh, William's going to win the whole tournament. You want to bet? And essentially, it's like they're betting everything that they have. Have um, they learned nothing? They haven't. I was haven't. there since this was my first time watching it, knowing that they had all this in the line. I was very anxious <laughs> watching the next few scenes because yes. when William does see Jocelyn in person, he fucks up the shit again. So this scene is gorgeous to me. The cinematography of this scene. So I believe they're in Notre Dame and that's only from my knowledge of Notre Dame being in Paris and visiting it one time but did they act I don't think they shot anything in Paris I think they shot everything in Prague and in um... it's supposed to be Notre Dame because they're in Paris gotcha so this scene it, it is a dance like she is so happy so they're like close together and the whole scene up until the last very last bit is an extreme wide shot and as they're talking the camera is moving with them as they're and it looks like a dance as they're kind of talking and then arguing and she's like backing William up and then he's talking and backing her up it is so gorgeous but essentially yes William fucks it up again because she wants more poetry William is not a poet and he he doesn't know what to say yeah Yeah. your breasts and your neck that's all (laughs) I got and then he says that he's going to win the tournament for her and we we see earlier in the movie when she's talking to her like maiden or whatever Chris what is it Christine Christiana she says William is the only one who hasn't offered to win the tournament for her Mm -hmm. And so this kind of shows like a time change that, you know, because he's been so focused about beating the count that he thinks that's the kind of thing that she would want. And she's telling him what she wants. I want the poetry, bitch. Mm-hmm. And he's he just like gets back into a corner and very frustrated with her and says like he, he can win the tournament. And now she's pissed. And she pretty much says, if you want to show me love, you don't win the tournament kind of situation. Yeah, lose. If you yeah. want to prove your love to me, which is a shitty thing to ask. But these are noble people. She doesn't know he's depending on the money. So it's true. we could play these games in her mind, you know, essentially. 
also in this scene, two other details, the bad water CGI, where I, she's- I, In my notes, I was like, she, what is that? What is that? <laughs> I felt like the Harry Potter scene. <laughs> you already know. Yeah. So it's pretty terrible and then when william walks in just showing that he probably hasn't been in many churches he uses the holy water to slick down his hair <laughs> and he's like spritzing it everywhere like his body washes is that you know what that's exactly how he bathed i know it <laughs> i know it he's like ooh, clean water spritz 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 <laughs> clean <laughs> my monthly bath time so now william is torn like he he's supposed to lose the tournament tournament all of his friends are depending on him he doesn't know that they fucking bet that he's gonna win now and so it's stakes are high and Neil's anxiety is higher <laughs> <laughs> yep and so and he tells her, I will not lose. And she's like, well, then you don't love me. Mm. Yeah, so he ends up just getting his ass handed to him in the sense that he, like, doesn't even try to a- attack or joust with the other guys. He just lets them hit him. Mm-hmm. And he is, like, constantly doing it. So, yeah, he's getting his ass handed to him. He's constantly losing. And then when they finally kind of like get a break, they do this, the, he, his arm is in, he, I guess he's trying to pop his shoulder back in, in this weird contraption that should look like it hurt. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing right now? And he's like trying to win from, for Jocelyn. I, I'm trying to lose for Jocelyn or whatever and all this nonsense. And they're like, oh God, we're screwed. And then the handmaiden lady, Christiana, comes with the message saying, now to prove your love, you must win. (laughs) So he has to win pretty much every single match from now on to be able to pull it around and win the tournament. Yep. And I'm like, this girl is playing games. And I mean, obviously he didn't know that that his crew made the bet and all the Mm -hmm. money was on the line. Yeah. But I mean... Again, what are we doing? He, he's yeah. all his all his people are there are banking on him winning so that they can like feed their families and stuff like that. Yeah, but like everyone's like, whatever. I'll just lose. Screw these guys. I like this chick. Yeah, I feel like this behavior would have made more sense if this was like about a nobleman, but he's not. <laughs> Bitch, you broke. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you have people depending on you, right? And you need to be more careful. Like I, the whole time I had anxiety because I'm like, when are they going to find out? <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, Jesus. But right. his friends are ride or die because they find out and they weren't immediately like, fuck you, I'm out. Like they're yeah. like, well, well, you better get back on that horse. Let me pop your arm back into socket with this medieval yeah. torture device. But now William is winning to I Want to Take You Higher by Sly and the Family Stone. Love that. Nice. Love that for him. At one point, he hits a knight so hard that its helmet goes like flying into the crowd like a baseball and they're like fighting over it. <laughs> <laughs> like there are very subtle elements of like what we would perceive as like typical 
behavior sporting at, events yeah at current sporting events which is neat except for the cat meat and hot wine well i mean it's not we it's a play on the hot dog you know what i'm yes. saying so <laughs> yes so it's the evening william is really really banged up so he's just chilling in his tent he had decided not to go to banquet and so jocelyn kind of goes into his tent and was like i missed you tonight and they start <laughs> I love canoodling. <laughs> there, he, he's i feel like he's glamping but my favorite part of this whole thing is that cha- <laughs> Chaucer sees them and he's like you ride them good you ride them all night kind of situation (laughs) like he's earned it right (laughs) bitch can hardly move but let's have sex yeah and so like she realizes he like he had to have the surgeon come and like stitch shit up and so she's like pretty much I'll just stay on this side of you and so I mean he gets he gets his girl. Just, um, I feel like he doesn't even feel guilty that he's kind of catfishing her because at some point you have to think that she's going to find out that you are not a nobleman, right? This is the scene where she finds out. She figures it out on her own because she, when she comes in, she's like, they call you William. And he's like, well, yeah, that's my name. She's like, and she pretty much says in her flowery way, of like pretty much I don't give a fuck who you are like I like I like you for you yeah I just feel like very unrealistic in this time <laughs> to be able to to say something like that I don't know and and then William can sing she likes me for me <laughs> <laughs> not because I sing like Pavarotti or because I'm such a hottie I don't know this song you're referencing right now. (laughs) What is this? Because I'm not singing a vertical horizon. It's also because I can't sing. (laughs) No, I I just, I don't think I know the song. Honestly. I'll I'll send it to you later. Okay. Sorry. Now they're in a very foggy boat. Right. (laughs) I (laughs) I didn't understand this. Like, what is the distance that we're going and who set up these chains? And like, it's. It's like a rowboat, but they're not rowing. They're pulling the chain across because I guess they're going back to England or something. Yes. So like, are we spanning the channel with these chains or like (laughs) spanning the English straight with these chains? Like I was very confused. It also gave me Harry Potter vibes. Yes. And they were going after the locket because that was the like same system the boat had. But very confused, but now we get another flashback, and this is where we find out that his dad gave him up to Sir Ector so that he could be, he could learn the ways of the night. Yeah, and we learn, like, how long everyone's been away from home with mm-hmm. William being gone the longest of 12, with 12 years. So yeah. we also lo- learn that Kate had a husband at some point, and he passed away. I don't know if we learn it in this scene or not, but just thought I'd throw that in there. So, okay. So now it is the London World Championship Tournament. And this is my favorite song, Thin Lizzy, The Boys Are Back in Town. <laughs> and as it's playing, we had a kiddo in our class who would get hooked on certain songs and ask to, to listen play. to them. And so... 
he he would ask to listen to the boys are back in town and we'd have to play it on youtube for him and so that just gave me warm fuzzy is remembering him on top of like it's a very cool scene and it's a very appropriate song obviously because they're back in london they're back home they're gonna win this thing yeah but the count is also back one two three <laughs> i'm ah, back ah, bitches ah, 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 ah. <laughs> oh, shit. excellent job thank that you was great and he and william exchange words and william's like you're gonna look up at me from the flat of your back and the counselor <laughs> he's been waiting his whole fucking life to say that shit he's been yep. practicing yeah over and over and the count's kind of like are you here for the trophies the horses or the women and William kind of counters is like it's funny you put them in that order and then this is when the count's like oh by the way I'm talking to her dad we're in negotiations for us to be marrying okay thanks bye (laughs) (laughs) he was like jerk open wide I'm about to shit in your mouth (laughs) (laughs) pretty much and so there's more of William winning. He he hasn't gone against the count yet in jousting. And it's kind of the end of the the tournament for the day. And William is going into town because it's where he's from. And he sees this little girl. She's super excited. She's like, oh my gosh, you're my favorite knight. And when we pretend to be knights, I pretend to be you. She's fangirling. And he's like, oh, I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm actually from here. Why? Why? See, again, the anxiety is so high. (laughs) Which I guess she narks on him because that's the count is talking to a lady who points. I don't know. Like, it's very ambiguous whether or not the little girl ran her mouth after this encounter. But essentially, he asks, or he tells her, uh, I'm I'm from here. I used to live just down there. I'm sure my dad's been dead for a while. And she's like, no, 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 no. He's still alive. He looks out that window, even though he's blind. Let me tell you, William. Why? Like, <laughs> why are you running your motherfucking mouth? We have come so far. You should be actually more on high alert that people might fucking recognize who you are. Your people are from this town. That means that there was somebody, a cousin, an uncle that probably looked like you. <laughs> if Jackie or Johnny was walking around, that's a kindly I know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like what is he doing what is he doing yeah and he's like super famous at this point too yeah you can't just be walking around william by the way yes i've been secretly hiding that i am not a nobleman and i have been conning everybody and i'm from here my social security number is (laughs) one one <laughs> like come on man how is that instantly not the number one talked about thing in the entire city even the little girl i'm sure the little girl is just like you'll never believe the information that I have. <laughs> give me your tickets to the tournament and i'll spill the beans right <laughs> like oh i i want to talk to the writer 
I want to talk to the director slash writer. Why, why is this? Like, I feel like the thing that would have made more sense if it's the count, all these clues that show that he's not quite noble would have had someone look into his, you know, background for sure. But William, like the little girl tells him like, no, that dude is still alive. And so he goes up there and at first he's like pretending almost that he's his own herald and he's like i've come with word of william blah 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 but the dad who is blind but still fixing fishing line because he got to eat he's like william is that you and so they they kind of chat all night and catch up and dad's so happy and then william sneaks out his window but that's when the count is in town and a lady is like he lives there and the count sees William sneaking out of the window so he has connected the dots yeah goes to the dad and and real quick real quick I I need to I need to talk about this this scene I feel like you glanced over this scene okay sorry this scene was so freaking impactful all right so we have the green mile when John Coffey is put to death we have Marley and me, and we have the scene where William meets his dad after 15 years, and his dad asks him, has, <laughs> has William finally changed his stars? And his son says, yes, he has. And then they embrace. I'm tearing up thinking about it right now. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I love that scene so much. Hands down, favorite scene of the, of the entire movie right there. Oh. Yeah. It, okay. it was that was a very sweet scene yeah. where where William has finally come home. His dad let him go so he can become a knight. He has become a knight and he has found his way home. Yeah. But the next day, his friends like pull him into an alley and they're like, shit has hit the fan. They know who you are. They're going to arrest you. You need to run. And Jocelyn, I mean, to Jocelyn's credit, she shows up and she's like, I'll go with you. Like hundred percent. I'm all in. Let's run. And he's like, gotta beat the count. Yeah. Now this was also a really great scene how he goes from person to person, just eyeing I just like, what do I do? And then every single person he looks at just says, run, run, William. And then he's just like, he thinks about it and he he's just says, No, I'm not gonna run. Mm-hmm. That was also a, a, a teary-eyed moment for me. Back to back scenes. All yeah. I was thinking is that song, Run Forest Run. I was like, Run, will you run? Run, will you run? Get out. What are we talking about? I got to yeah. beat the cow. You about to get hung. Yes. <laughs> well, and he's like, I am a knight. And they're like, Maybe in your heart, but on paper, you're no knight. <laughs> and you're in the real world, William. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then like, he's very resolute and like, I am not running and Roland's like, okay, all good things must come to an end. Let's end them together. So William walks up to like the town square. He's like, I'm here to compete. And he is arrested, taken to the dungeon. The count meets him down there and proceeds to not only verbally abuse him but also beat the shit out of him while he's like like he has a stick 
over his like shoulder. Thing. Yeah, just... yeah, when I tell you my anxiety level is so high <laughs> at this point in the movie. I'm like, William, how are we getting out of this? Okay. How are we going to overcome? <laughs> well, Danielle, I'll tell you. The next scene is William is in the stocks in the like town square. Everyone's taunting him, throwing fucking lettuce at him. The kid that was waving at him from the well earlier now like slaps him in the head. Bitch! <laughs> that was so funny. The little kid slap on the head. That cracked me up. And so, but his friends, still ride or die, Roland walks up with his stick. He's he's ready to defend his man. William's like, no, let them have me. But then Watt comes in, running his mouth a bit. <laughs> you know, he's a bit fiery like his hair. So Kate comes up with her, her forging hammers, Chaucer. It, it's like... the Avengers and then there are some men in black cloaks that walk up and put off it's me the black knight (laughs) and Prince Edward walks up to him he's like we're both we were both trying to hide who we were and we weren't successful at it your men love you and that would be enough for me to remedy this situation but you the fact that you also fought me knowing who I am when you should have withdrew shows what kind of person you are and what kind of, like you are a knight that that's what a knight would do. And so he orders immediately immediate release of William has him kneel. He knights him. Now we're ready to fucking rock. (laughs) Yeah. That's also another tearjerker. What did, did the Prince, because the Prince says that, he discovered that William has a long historic line of nobility and mm-hmm. any look into it would be in contestation. I don't know the word that he used, some big fancy word, but essentially he was a line. He was, you know, saying that William was noble from a, yeah. from a ancient relative. Cause like, I, I was like, I don't, I thought like only the King or Queen could actually knight someone. So I was, you know, like, is this real? I wonder I wonder if this is the time of the Crusades and maybe King Richard was off on a crusade so Prince Edward was essentially acting as king like Prince John was in Robin Hood. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So the count plays fucking dirty. Of and he has had had someone fashion his little fist end mm-hmm. of his lance out of sugar and boot black and so it breaks really easy and when it breaks he's sharpened his his lance tip that was kind of weird like he just wasted one of his lances because for the camera's sake he just breaks it just to be like oh oh oh, okay cool yeah you just wasted one of those my guy what are you doing yeah and after the first round where like it's very obvious william is impaled and they pull the impalement out of him and it's a sharpened tip. Like, isn't that grounds for disqualification? What, <laughs> what, what are the rules? Can you just like call foul? Referee. Yeah. Umpire. <laughs> Apparently there are no rules in jousting. Yeah. And so William's like, okay, we got to go again. I'm just going to try and take 
take it somewhere else. And then when they're starting round two, they let William know Jocelyn's here and she's with your father. So they oh. she's brought the dad. She's t- telling the dad what's happening oh. during the jousting the competition. Motivation. I love that. I was probably crying, bawling my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> so the the second round, like he in like hits him dead center, like essentially crushes his breastplate. And so William's like, take it off, take all the armor off. I can't breathe. He's barely able to grip the lance at all with his injured shoulder. And so he's like, lash it to my arm. Like we, this is the last round. We got to do it. And Chaucer takes this opportunity while William, just to buy William some time probably to recuperate and get the lance situated. It's like, oh, I forgot to do my introduction. So he does introduction and is able to introduce William as his own name, so Sir William Thatcher. And his friend says, that's your name. Your father heard that. And that oh, was my. a really special moment too. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I heard that little, a little waver. <laughs> I was just saying, because again, y'all ain't asking how I was doing during this time. How are you daddy now? Hi, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> anxiety and i'm like william what we got up our sleeve what we gonna do <laughs> we tore up bro <laughs> bow out gracefully your dad still loves you <laughs> uh, he does not bow out instead he kind of holds back so round three starts flag goes down the count starts charging towards him and william kind of waits and i think my hypothesis is that either this is to like throw the count off his game or to kind of see where the lance is positioned and be able to position his lance better. Mm-hmm. Um, or, anyway, or to look badass. He looked really cool while he was just waiting there. I think he, he like did. Inside, yeah. It was, it was cool. So he, he finally goes and he yells his own name. <laughs> Well, y'all, like, oh, is this Braveheart? Like, what's going on? Oh, it was so freaking epic. But he does it. The count is on the flat of his back, looking up at William. He is dis- dismounted. Yep. The guy off the horse. Yeah. Uh, so William has won. It's a weird scene because he gets knocked off his horse, and it's like the scene that's behind me where they're all kind of like looking down with Adam, like, well, so, but then like he, he comes to, I don't know if that was like, was he in purgatory and they were talking to him? <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I did love that, that scene, but he comes to and realizes like I fucking lost. Yeah. Uh, so Jocelyn leans over, tells dad he's won. His dad says, oh, William. Like, he's just so happy. <laughs> Did the, do you think the dad knew he was going blind? That's why he sold William? Not Ooh, sold him, but, you know. That's a good theory. Yeah. Maybe. Give him the probably take care of him a little bit. Because it just him. felt like his dad loved him so much. It didn't make sense. Like, I know he was trying to give him a better life, but, like, yeah. He was so young for him to do that. I just felt like he knew something was like something was going on or, Mm -hmm. or maybe he couldn't like afford him. It was just weird. Like, yeah. 
I, I could see if the like he was just so poverty stricken that like he knew Sir yeah. Ector would have get would be able to give him a better life than Dad could. Maybe. Yeah. But Jocelyn greets him on the pitch and then Chaucer says, I think I'm gonna have to write some of this down. And oh, yeah. <laughs> credits come up and it's ACDC shook me all night long. And that is a night's tale. Nice. Let's see if there's anything we missed. Like I said earlier, it was predominantly filmed in the Czech Republic and in Prague during the summer of 2000. It turns out Sir Ulrich von Leichtenstein or Stein is a real person. He was a knight and an author that was thought to have invented the idea of chivalry and courtly love. Hmm. Not related to Courtney Love. (laughs) (laughs) The lesser known sister, Courtney Love. (laughs) Heath Ledger met Heather Graham during filming because she was in Prague shooting from hell. So that's when they started dating. And instead of rehearsing, the actors recall a two-week period of partying without looking at the script once. Yeah, so the director really pushed the studios to the studio to have them come early so that they could like rehearse. But really he wanted them he thought the drinking it would bring camaraderie and show a more authentic friendship on screen. So it worked. It worked. Can't be mad at that. No. The mm-hmm. Black Prince and Jeffrey Chaucer were actually connected in real life. Jeffrey Chaucer's wife was the sister to Catherine de Rott, who married the Black Prince's brother, John of Gaunt. Mm. Oh, yeah. did, did not know that. So they were related in, in a way. It's kind of cool. Hegeland, the director said he wanted Bettany to be like a WWE announcer, but Bettany refused to watch any WWE. But he, <laughs> he did get laryngitis from yelling in most of his scenes. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. Those speeches were so good. So good. In the DVD special edition commentary, the director said that he intended to show what Jeffrey Chaucer might have been doing that inspired him to write the Canterbury Tales during the six months in which Chaucer seemed to have gone missing in 1372. Let's see, is there anything else? And so, yeah, in the end credits there where it was improvised where they're like farting and like burping and kind of just being gross the actors suggested to to do that because they all had been friendly it was just like fun camaraderie thing but columbia did not like it and the director brian had hegeland fought to keep it in and they let him keep it in but they weren't happy about it so i think i'm glad that they had fun you know yeah yeah. Paul Benny I think he said that it was just a good 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 atmosphere on set so that's that's cool to hear yeah it seemed like they worked hard and partied harder yeah and if you didn't see our interview with Johnny again pause go listen to it it's really fun but John actually makes custom rugs, which are really, really cool and he does some pop culture rugs he made one for uh, I did Blast and... Force, yeah, yeah, and, and Stranger like Things. That. Stranger Things, yeah, yeah. I made uh, the, the the famous Hellfire Club. Ooh, uh, 
So Johnny, mm-hmm. tell them how they can find you and check out your really cool, your craft, your craft. So I'm on Instagram. That's going to be reds underscore custom underscore rugs for TikTok. You can find me at Lloyd is dumber. And just because I'm a big fan of dumb and dumber, not obviously <laughs> is the dumber one. So Lloyd is dumber on TikTok. When you said you can find me and I was like at the club, bottles full of bubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have said that. I'll be there too. I'll be there too. And as always, you can find us at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, or YouTube. And we'll start with you, John. Now that you've seen this, I'm sure you've probably seen this more recently, but as an adult, present day rating what would you give this movie? There were some slow parts. There were some parts that, you know, looking back, just like kind of didn't make sense. And, you know, I have a different opinion a little bit on on William's self-fulfilling need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, those scenes that that hit me still hit me to this day. So I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it at uh, would buy, would buy again. For sure. And I'm going to say it's a five-day rental for me. I had a lot of anxiety, (laughs) but I had a lot of fun. It did get slow at times. I do agree. And again, if it didn't have the love interest, I would have been kind of happy with that too. Well, we know my opinion on the love interest, the choice (laughs) in actress, as well as the choice of actor in the count. So I will as well give it a five-day rental. I could also do without the the love story. I think it would have streamlined the whole movie, made it feel a bit quicker paced. And for a movie to feel slow in parts with so many montages is quite a feat. <laughs> yeah. It was a long movie. It was over two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, right yeah. From start to finish, including the, the end credits, it was over two hours. But yeah, um, and yeah. back then that was a lot because I mean I think we're used to that now with like the Avengers movies, some of these comic book movies. We it's long, but back then, besides maybe Titanic, we weren't really used to having really long movies like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, anywho, if you have any hot takes, or if you agree with me that those two roles were heavily miscast hit us up at the quick drop 909-601 and mlf 909-601-6653 twat us at the tweeters or leave a voice message at our anchor fm account and you could be featured on a future episode and join us next week as we dive into spooky season with final destination avoid logging trucks always (laughs) (laughs) And as always, be kind and rewind.